And now it's time for Back to the Futures on the BetQL Network with Lucy Burge and Brandon Sprague. All right, welcome in. Back to the Futures here on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, wherever you find your podcast. Tuning in. Thank you. I hope your weekend has gone well. Brandon Sprague here, Lucy Burge on the East Coast, hanging out. And boy, oh boy, we have got a lot to get to. We'll get to the NFL. We'll get to Major League Baseball. We got some quick hitters to uh, discuss, including James Harden's debut with the 76ers. Lucy will tell you why Tom Brady's next career move is a big mistake. But uh, Lucy, what a wild weekend in sports, right? Wild weekend. I think we will have a debate about Brady's career move here with that movie because we are on different sides of whether or not this is a good move. But it is February madness. March Madness has come early and they could change it to any month of the year with this basketball, this college basketball situation. And it would be madness because we're seeing big teams go down and sleeper teams come up. And there are a lot of teams I feel like in March that will be very much like the Butler in Mr. Deeds. When he says, I'm very sneaky, sir. They're all very sneaky. He's very sneaky. All these teams that, that won this weekend, very sneaky teams. So we, March madness is going to be absolutely bonkers. Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, I, I was trying to think back, and I know I, I think I tweeted at Zach. Zach, if you want to hop on real quick, I want to pick your brain on this. So I think I tweeted, Zach, the top six teams all lost yesterday. The top six, one, two, three, four, five, six. Zona losing to Colorado, Gonzaga to St. Mary's, Auburn, Tennessee, Purdue to Michigan State, Kansas to Baylor, and Kentucky to Arkansas. Seven of the top ten lost in total. Zach, I think I tweeted you yesterday. Has, has that happened? How many times has that happened? that one through six lose on the same day. It was absolute insanity. Yeah, so it was the first time ever that the top six ranked teams all lost in the same day. And in addition, a seventh uh, top 10 team in Texas Tech, they went down to TCU. So seven top 10 teams go down. A historic day in college basketball. Teams, in my opinion, that could win it all. That's Lucy, why this March it, Madness, it's going to be yeah. lunacy. It's go- Especially yeah. with possibly no baseball, this is exactly what we need. We need a March Madness that you never know what's going to happen. Well, I can tell you, Lucy, I think that's a good point. So normally at this time, I'm still stuck in like NBA mode out here in Portland for obvious reasons, but the Blazers aren't very good. So like this is kind of the time of year where I follow like my team's the Atlanta Braves because I'm a bandwagon TBS kid. But like I watch the Atlanta Braves and then I kind of start to see what's going on in college hoops. With no Major League Baseball, and we'll get to that later, I'm I'm diving full in. Like yesterday, I'm seeing all of these upsets, and I don't know what to make of it. I don't know what it means. But, Lucy, it makes me feel better as not only a better, but a guy who loves to fill out a bracket that I'm just as capable of winning a bracketology contest as anybody else out there. Exactly. The person who gets the bracket right this year has to know something because nobody knows anything. Nobody can gauge at this point. I feel like it's maybe Zach, who is a genius at this, who is going to be good, who is going to go down. Because right now I'm all in on Providence, but every time a team wins big or wins in exciting fashion, like Providence, who has the game of college basketball this year so far, I think, okay, I'm all in. But another team like Tennessee could win in like the most exciting fashion ever. And I could be like, oh, okay, I'm all in on them now. But Providence has something. 
Providence is like the Bengals of college basketball right now. They are going to absolutely plow ahead. That's what she said in this, this whole, whole college basketball tournament. And there, I feel like they have what it takes and they have overcome three overtimes and a leaky ceiling at Dunkin' Donuts (laughs) Center to win a game in three overtimes. That is a game I almost went to bed. And then I was like, no, 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 I have, these are, they're going to be a ton of games. We're like, no, I have to stay up and watch this game. That's what March Madness is going to be. Like this, this, even before March Madness, because all of those games, of course, you have to stay up and see. But, but now we're getting February Madness where it's more exciting right now. Yeah, and it's interesting because last year, Gonzaga and Baylor, from the start of the season to the end of the season, really were the two best teams. And we got our wish. Those two teams faced off in the national championship game. And this year, there are a bunch of factors with uh, the extra COVID year being rewarded, with NIL now being in play. A a lot of uh, teams are much older and experienced. And I do think uh, with fans being back in the stands as well, as we saw uh, with Providence, and I agree that they're a mentally tough team, that they've been through so many tough games. Like, they were down 19 at Butler last Sunday and found a way to win that game. Uh, They've had some injuries as well, and they're still finding a way to win. And they're a very polarizing team. They're ranked in the 40s in Kempom, and the selection committee is going to use that uh, when they are putting together their bracket. But at the end of the day, like, they have a three-seed resume, maybe two-seed resume right now, and they've won a lot of basketball games, and they're just a mentally tough team. First Big East uh, title in program history, so congrats. Exactly. I'm telling you, get fried up here. Because somebody tweeted me that Ken Palm luck ranking is num- their number one here. So luck of the Friars wow. here. Number one well, luck, right? Zach, is that me, that's true? Yes. Let me ask you that. So Lucy, you really like Providence. You, you've been on them now for over a week. You keep texting me and Zach, I love Providence. I'm love Providence. Providence. <laughs> Zach, how often does a team in the, in the 40s of Kim Palm's rank, how often do they have this kind of resume where Kim Palm's numbers are saying something, but the way that they're performing, you mentioned, Lucy, the, the luck rating. Like, how often does this happen where we have almost two different versions of a team, but we're kind of writing the version that may or may not be real? It really depends. How do you value the metrics? Because what the metrics value is, like, they'll value a good team beating a bad team by 20 to 25 points more than, like, a good team beating a good team in a close game fashion. And with Providence, that's kind of how they've won all of their games. They don't really blow people out and they play in a tough Big East conference. that's going to have five, six teams get into the NCAA tournament, but they're just a mentally tough team that, that finds ways to win. The metrics really prioritize uh, the big wins, especially against the teams that you're supposed to be beating. And uh, everyone's opinion on the numbers are going to be different when it comes to the seating and stuff. And the committee has said they're going to use Kempom. They're going to use the net ranking as, as their main factors when they're putting together this bracket. So it really just depends, like, how much do you value those metrics? And one big thing, too, I think, is the fans, obviously. But something I love college basketball almost more than the NBA now because the fans are so much more into it, it seems, in the fact that it's more personal because it's your school. And I was talking to Zach about this too. And the the reason I feel like I can pin it too is that you have to like, you have to apply to get to this school. So it's personal because you have to be gained entry. And it's not like a city because people like you have your city. And so you root for that team. 
but it's like you live there, but you, re- you represent it, but your school, like every day you work for it and you represent it. And it's like, you directly represent it. You wear the gear every single day. And it's, it's very, very personal. And that's why the fans are insane at these games. And that is almost the, uh, the, another entertainment element in itself to college basketball games is the fans. And I think this, this is what most people know this, but like, the college basketball fans go nuts and they have chance that you don't like, how did they come up with that? And it's just the, the rivalries are more fierce in college basketball. I feel like than the NBA because it's more personal. Yeah. Lucy, uh, Zach had mentioned Oregon losing a real close game to USC not too long ago. And uh, my response was great because I don't have a rooting <laughs> interest. Like if Oregon wins, cool. I get to talk about them, but you know, if they lose, I'm, I'm, I'm not upset by it because I root for, Oregon State, and we don't need to talk about their season. That season's done, and it's baseball season for them. But but I want to go through real quick what you guys make of the odds right now and where the odds makers are saying college basketball is going with the top-end teams of who's most likely to win the national championship. Now, these are the odds via our great friends at FanDuel. And right now, your top six, Gonzaga plus 400. You've got Kentucky at plus 700. Zona is plus 750. Duke is plus 1,200, Auburn is plus 1,300, and Purdue is plus 1,300 as well. So there's no Providence in the top six, but those are your top six nonetheless. However, Providence is what, plus 6,000 right now? Yes, they are. Yes, they are. I would are. put money on them right now, just a little sprinkle, one or two bucks. Okay. I would, that's what I would put on them right now and might even do it. But of all the teams on that list, Kentucky, there's something about them. I would, I would put money on that because I – I like the color of their uniforms, but the the pattern on the side makes me a little dizzy and it makes me think of Wordle, which I am now very into, but so I see Wordle and everything and the checkered print <laughs> on the side, I was almost like I have to adjust the color on my TV here. The whites are very bright, but the blues are spectacular for Kentucky and I would put money on that. I would say this, when it comes to Kentucky, of any of the top six teams that lost yesterday, they're probably the one I'm the least concerned about, just considering yeah. how well Arkansas is playing, especially at Bud Walton Arena. Also, uh, it was looking like going into the game that Ty Ty Washington and Severe Wheeler, Kentucky's starting backcourt, those two guys were doubtful to play, but they gave it a go. They played well. They were obviously a little rusty, and Arkansas got up to a big lead. They were up 16-5, to and still Kentucky had a lead in the last minute of this game. J.D. Note, a guy who is uh, one of the best players in the SEC, one of the best players in college basketball, he carried Arkansas, but Shibwe is a monster for Kentucky. He had 30-18 and yesterday, making a case for uh, National Player of the Year. But I do think Kentucky's in a good spot going forward. They've proven to be mentally tough, and especially without their top guard in Ty Ty Washington, they're proving they could even win without him. Well, and, and I know, like, Gonzaga, for example, the odds-on favorite right now at 4-1, at to one, basically, via FanDuel. I understand Chet Holmgren involved with this. You bring back a Drew Timmy. Like, I understand everything Gonzaga has. I do wonder, Zach and Lucy, like, I, I almost wonder, when you get a day like yesterday – where the top six lose, and we're talking here Kentucky with a closer loss to Arkansas. We're talking about, you know, you mentioned, Lucy, you like Providence, but Zona Falls. And when you have these six go down, I almost wonder, as good as Gonzaga has been, as as likely to win it as Vegas may think it is right now, I always I almost wonder, like, what a loss like that does to teams like Gonzaga. For a lot of people out there, and I'm, I'll admittedly be one of them, I grew up in the Pacific Northwest. I've been here my whole life. I know the Gonzaga story better than anybody else. And I saw it way back in the day, Richie Fromm, and I've seen it all the way now to Chet Chet Holmgren. I get it. They're great. It's a really good program. 
But when you lose to teams like St. Mary's and you stumble and it, it what, how many losses do they have, Zach? Three, four on the season? Yeah. Like, I will say. Weren't they on um, a 17 game winning streak? They were yeah. on a 17 game conference winning streak. Like, but, but those one losses, like when that happens, I really think it, it makes people pause because they don't play top in talent all season. And then they get to the tournament and they still have good showings, but they end up running into just one or two teams that just have that little something else where they've been a little more battle tested. Yeah. So it's interesting last year, right? Gonzaga's non-conference schedule looked really good on paper. They beat Iowa, who was a number two seed. They beat Kansas, who was a number three seed, but both of those two teams got knocked out very early in the tournament and they were both proven to be fraud teams pretty much. This year's the opposite. Gonzaga, they lost, but they played Duke. They played UCLA. They played Texas tech. They played Texas. And I thought after the non-conference uh, portion, even though they had two losses to Duke and Alabama, I gave them a lot of credit for just challenging themselves. But I totally see what you're saying. When you play in the WCC and you're winning 17 games in a row, uh, all in blowout fashion, and like, yeah, the loss to St. Mary's isn't great, but honestly, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. Like when you're going in the tournament on – 18 plus game winning streak that's not really the best thing like you want the pressure off of you and I think last year that's kind of what happened to Gonzaga they were going into the national championship game with an undefeated season fresh off a buzzer beater against UCLA like they were feeling pretty good about themselves and Baylor just came in punched them in the mouth and they didn't have an answer this year I do think the fact that four or five other teams could win it all along with Gonzaga like that's not the worst thing in the world for them and maybe they could learn from this loss It's true because sometimes you could take teams too lightly because you're rolling and you think we are unbeatable. And then you, or, I mean, it's the other side of that is momentum. If you have momentum coming into it, but I do agree with that. I think if you, if you have that off your back, a perfect season, I think you are better off for it. Yeah. I'd be interested to see where the betting market is a week from now. Maybe it's still the same. Gonzaga ends up kind of being the favorite there at four to one. And Look, there might be some validity what you guys are saying of you get that loss out, you get out of your system, you got conference tournament coming up here, and you roll through that. You assume they'll roll through that, and you'll end up locking up the number one overall seed and, and may end up uh, playing down here in Portland, which is pretty close to where they play uh, in Spokane, relatively close. It's, I think it's like a six, seven-hour drive. But um, they might be okay. I'll tell you right now, I know Zach, and I don't. we don't need to dive into it because we're already against the clock. I don't trust Zona. I, I like Zona. I think Tommy Lloyd's a, a really good coach. Um, there's something about Zona, and maybe it's just me as a Pac-12 fan not trusting much of what's going on in this conference to really want to vault Zona above a Duke, an Auburn, a Purdue, hell, maybe even Lucy's Providence Friars. Uh, there's just something about that Pac-12 team that leaves me a little eh about them. So the thing with Arizona that's interesting, they only have five quad one wins, which is the the best wins. And that's pretty low compared to Baylor, who's projected to be a two seed that has 11. The other thing going against Arizona, no one on their team has played in an NCAA tournament game, really. They're not really experienced. And that could be an issue going forward. I think they have a a lottery pick in Ben Matherin. They also have a a top three player in the Pac-12 with Coloco. Um, So they have like the physical the physicality the size of the talent but that tournament experience is ultimately going to be the big question yeah no, definitely uh, all right we got a lot to get to lucy is going to tell you why michael scott could save major league baseball we'll dive yes. into that uh a, a ridiculous reason a coach was ejected from a game harden's debut with the 76ers and we will debate the tom brady movie as well but coming up next uh is it better to throw up all of your playoff losses or 
Is Aaron Rodgers still in for a rude awakening this year? And where is he going to play? Is it going to be Green Bay? Uh, we'll dive into the NFL. So we got all that to get to. You got Back to the Futures here on the BetQL Network with Lucy Burge. I'm Brandon Sprague. We're back with more here on the Odyssey app and the BetQL Network. Trista Crick. Download the free Odyssey app to watch and listen to Quentin Mayo, Ryan Horvath, and me on BetMGM Tonight, 7 to 11 Eastern, plus the Daily Tip, BetQL Daily, and You Better You Bet on the BetQL Network. Sports bettors, get locked into You Better You Bet with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley, 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern on the Bet. When I play games with people, board games darts, different card games. I like, I learn the rules and ask pointed questions about the rules. So like I can see like, like how can I like push this to increase my win probability up? Best possible strategy. The best possible strategy. Like, like what, what will bring my win probability? Like if I play Monopoly, I have a certain strategy when I play Monopoly to increase, increase my win probability that people may not know about. And this annoys people that I do this because I'm trying to win. But this is like with sports betting, what's what's important, what you're talking about. Like, you're going to bet on this thing. And I, and I didn't bet that particular contest, but you got to know what the rules are. Like, if you right. know what the rules like, are, this strategy? is really going to help you because other people aren't paying right. attention to this stuff. You better you bet 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern from the BetQL Network, America's home for wagertainment. The sports betting world never sleeps, so wrap up your day with BetMGM Tonight, featuring Ryan Horvath, Quentin Mayo, and Trista Crick, 7 to 11 Eastern, from the BetQL Network. You know, as a man that hates how high his voice is, I wish I had Malcolm Barnes' voice. I think play. you have a really silky, light voice. Silky? Yeah. When I listened to, when I was on the phone with you guys, and I was Smooth listening jam. to it, uh, not, you know, not in person, and you hear it over the airwaves, it's actually like super buttery. As long as so you tell me it's like buttery. really I, buttery. I appreciate that. Tristan says my voice is buttery. Malcolm Broughton, you can keep your deep voice, pal. You have a buttery voice and over listen, the airwaves? Your I'm voice cuts, also cuts through like we know it's you, yeah. Quentin Mayo. You know who's talking. You know what I mean? You know who's giving out these plays. Shaboy. <laughs> five-star plays. Five-star plays brought to you by a five-star man. BetMGM tonight, 7 to 11 Eastern, from the BetQL Network, America's home for wagertainment. Start your day with a daily tip featuring Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger. Weekday morning, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, on The Bet. Presented by BetMGM. There's a room here that says lactation room. So I just opened up to see what the room was, and it was just a regular audio booth. So there's pictures all over the wall. One was this Michael Jordan art, which is actually kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, I wish I had that picture. Jinx, as somebody who has used a lactation room, because I am a mm-hmm. mom, I've never been in one that had Michael Jordan posters. And honestly, I am very disappointed because that would have been very motivating. Yeah, think about it. You're feeding your child, completely normal thing to do, and you're looking at the greatest basketball player of all time. Over and over, I've missed the game-winning shot. But you know what? You can't win the game if you don't shoot the shot. And right then, you start lactating. You're like, wow, I did it. You're getting some of that winner's milk, baby. The Daily Tip, morning 6 to 9 Eastern from the BetQL Network, America's home for wagertainment. Let's get back to more Back to the Futures with Lucy Burge and Brandon Sprague, only on the BetQL Network. 
Hey, welcome back in. Back to the Futures here with uh, Brandon Sprague and Lucy Burge on the East Coast. Find Lucy on Twitter at Lucille Burge. Give her a follow for all things betting advice, uh, pop culture references, and her hot takes on all things sports, including her bad takes on Tom Brady's second career. And we'll get to that a little bit later on. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at Brandon Sprague. Uh, give us a follow at the BetQL uh, network on Twitter as well. And wherever you get your podcast. thank you for tuning in here on the Odyssey app. Um, let's dive into some National Football League. And by football, Lucy, I mean, let's do some pancha karma. Huh? Let's, uh, let's cleanse ourselves. Yes. Let's throw up live on the show and we'll, t- <laughs> and we'll walk listeners through. Is it worth doing the cleanse that Aaron Rodgers did? He went 12 days, no communication with the outside world, no working out. Him and Shailene Woodley, who I think are still together, they went through this know. cleanse. I see. I I think she laughed in the background of that Pat McAfee interview. I, know, I think they just called off did. the engagement. Yeah, I, I think that might be it. And there are very few instances where you call off an engagement and they're still together because that was a question. They call it the engagement, but are you still together? I don't know because I always feel like called off the engagement means broken up, but that's how you call. It's like calling someone your fiance instead of boyfriend or husband. It's right in the middle. Calling off an engagement, fiance's breakup. That's what it feels like. But. In his gratitude post, he did say the nicest things in the world about her. And Mm -hmm. on Pat McAfee, he said very nice things, that she's his favorite person, there was no one like her, which makes me think they're still together because why would you say something like that about somebody? And go through this cleanse. Like, this was, see, this is why I think he is absolutely out of this planet because this could have been his idea, this cleanse. (laughs) Like, this 12-day Penchakarma cleanse, which is sounds like hell on earth to me. So my greatest fear in the entire world is throwing up any to do with throwing up and i i see that this cleanse happened to aaron Rodgers. that he did this i go on the TikTok for this cleanse because you see this and you're like why would anyone do this do people actually do this they do because on this TikTok there are pictures of people with their throw up buckets and their beds and where they sleep which is basically a tiny mattress where the shaman comes in and greets you for the day or something and the stipulations <laughs> here this cleanse includes therapeutic vomiting bloodletting like leeches enemas and you drink warm ghee every day which sounds fantastic but during the cleanse you abstain from stimulating activities like exercise music television sex and spend time resting and reflecting in a warm quiet place this sounds like hell on earth this sounds like the why would you actively probably pay so much money to maybe maybe a two thousand dollars or more for this to suffer like this and it's it's unhealthy because it dehydrates this is Aaron Rodgers is so weird so weird <laughs> this is so weird and then well, he talks it's to talk about it that's what he wants to be like this interesting weird guy well I mean Basically there's no it. doubt there's no doubt right Lucy like you, you see that Instagram post and look there there's a part of me that wants to believe him like he has gratitude I'm sure he's got gratitude sure but he he also knows because of his stature in the league and in sports in general that if he posts something like this in an offseason that's very uncertain uh, in terms of what team he's going to play for, he knows it's going to be talked about. He knows it's going to drum up in, uh, interest when he goes on a, a national show and talks about what the future may or may not be. What I find funny is how he gets people kind of riled up like, you first of all, you're really disgusting. You went on TikTok to watch this Pancha Karma. I read about it and I said, "Hell no!" 
I Give wanted to up. see if actual Why? human beings do this because it's Why? just like you visualize this. It's no. a gross fascination because are these people all like Aaron Rodgers or are they like, who, who does this? Who actually actively seeks this out to lubricate your system? Like it's, you can easily do the master cleanse for three days with lemon water and cayenne pepper and maple syrup and be fine. It's like five bucks for a bottle of that stuff. This is extreme. And it's like Aaron Rodgers needs something to talk about on the Pat McAfee show. And he saw what Brady's doing with TB12 and was like, hold my beer. I have the weirdest thing in the world for you. <laughs> this is what I do. Bizarro world. This well, guy lives wants- in. You got TB12, you go AR12. AR12 is just a little <laughs> more extreme than TB12. I, I found um, it interesting, not only that he went through that, but then like the, the stories that follow. And Lucy, it was what, four days after the cleansing interview that he talked about that experience and whatnot. The story comes out that he wants $50 million a year. Now, he refuted this. He came out on his own social media and said, this is absolutely not true. But many people pointing out like, you probably aren't wrong to ask for $50 million a year, the way the cap is right now and the way it continues to rise and the NFL is making more and more money. You're not wrong to want that money, but I do wonder what kind of situation he's going to find himself in in a week or two, because on that interview, he said he was going to make his decision sooner rather than later. We then got a follow-up from somebody at ESPN, which still is weird to me that it was even like a, People retweeted it because it was just a repeat of what he said on the McAfee that he's going to make his decision right. sooner rather than later. Maybe Green Bay can can salvage this thing and keep Aaron Rodgers from wanting to get traded, but I I don't know because they're plus thirteen hundred right now on the NFL odds. Um, I, there, it became more unclear to me after listening to that interview and seeing that he's doing this cleanse whether he's going to want to go to Green Bay or whether he's eventually going to ask out of Green Bay. Right. And I think it's unclear to him because the universe has not yet told him what he's supposed to do next. (laughs) And I think genuinely that gratitude post was a little bit in his mind. He's thinking, okay, I'm going to make the Packers sweat a little bit and I'm going to make people react to this thinking maybe I'm making an announcement because he knows, like you've said, people are going to react to this. People are going to see this. And it's like posting something to get someone's attention. And you're like, they're going to see this and maybe they'll freak out a little bit. That's Mm -hmm. what he's doing here. And I also think that some of this stuff is fueled even a little bit by the fact that he can go on Pat McAfee's show and say stuff. And that adds value to his personality, his brand. And he's going to, he could use that when he's negotiating with the Packers and be like, well, there's a, a need for me. Like people want to see me and I am a personality and a brand as much as he doesn't seem like he's into that. I think he absolutely is. And that's part of it too is he wants to be this like oddball who is everyone's seeking. Like when they, when they tweeted out the list of things you do for this cleanse, the reaction was off the charts. Like people were like, this is insane. But that's the, it's, it's like not like people ignored it. Like people care about what he does. And so he can oh, take yeah. this and be like, oh, look, Packers, people care about me. I'm a figure and you should pay me because I'm also a great football player. So there's I'm all packaged into one. So I am worth $50 million. Well, let me ask you this, because it seems ridiculous to ask on one side of it, but I'm going to ask it nonetheless. One, is Green Bay, I mean, ultimately, when you look at the landscape of teams he could end up with, right, cleanse aside, is Green Bay his best situation out there? And two, you know, Green Bay, are you diving back in? And if you are, what does that do to Jordan Love? Like, maybe they don't care, because we've seen the Arizona Cardinals drafted Josh Rosen top 10, 
And the very next year, they didn't care. They got rid of him. They drafted Kyler Murray. Here you go. And the Rams are teaching us a valuable lesson after winning a Super Bowl of maybe some of these picks aren't as valuable as we think they are. They, they are valuable. You do hit on the right guys, right? Ask the Chargers about Justin Herbert. But there's years where sometimes that pick, it was just not a great pick. Is there a possibility that the Packers are willing to bring back Rodgers? And it seems like they are. Is it just, are, are we okay saying the Packers are punting on Jordan Love? Because at that point, I believe you'd be going into your, what, year three or year four. Like, you're getting close yeah. to the end of the rookie deal. You still haven't really seen him play. I just, I'm kind of looking at both sides of this and wondering, is Green Bay better off just bringing Rodgers back, saying, we got a damn good team. We can, we can structure the cap a different way and whatever with Jordan Love. Or is Aaron Rodgers better off saying, I need to be traded and there's a better situation out there. And if there is, where is it? Well, I think the team is definitely better off bringing back Aaron Rodgers because he's a great quarterback. And I think any team who has him is in a position to succeed, which is, and I think he knows that. And I think the Packers know that, but does Aaron Rodgers want to go back to green? He, he has said things in the past about how Green Bay is not a fan destination. It's not a place that like people want to go and li- like he has said not so nice things about them. If he's still with Shalane Woodley, which is up in the air, which I, I do think they are still together. She's from Colorado, correct? Yes. Could he go? Well, I think she to- lives in Colorado. Yeah. Yes. So Denver perhaps, or could he go to the Buccaneers? Could he fill that little role? Could Bruce Arians be like, you know what? I want to win a Super Bowl. Maybe he is now the Belichick to Brady and like, okay, I want to win without Brady now because there's tension here. So I don't think he cares as much as Belichick would. But if you bring in whichever team brings in Aaron Rodgers is going to be good because they have a solid quarterback at that position at the helm. And the Buccaneers need that because now they're just any other franchise. They're back to that. So they bring in Aaron Rodgers. They're kind of back in the mix. I mean, look, I, I, again, I don't disagree. I think it's easy to say, well, yeah, you bring back Aaron Rodgers, the MVP. Absolutely. He's an incredibly talented football player. But is it not fair to also wonder aloud, like, what are you doing with Jordan Love? What's Jordan yeah, Love doing true. in this? Is it just who cares? Jordan Love's not the dude. And they made a mistake drafting him instead of a wide receiver. And that's that. Let bygones be bygones. Here you go. Here's 45, 50 mil a year. And they restructure a contract. And they bring Rodgers back for the final three. And he actually... Uh, jumps Brett Favre, if he hasn't already, in the all-time pantheon of Packers because he chose to stay and ride it out with Green Bay. I don't know, but if I was to ask you as a bet, would you be more willing to bet that Russell Wilson's on a different team because we heard rumors about the Eagles and Russ, and Russ now, he scraped his whole, uh, scrapped his whole mention of the Seahawks on social media. That's gone. Or would you bet on Aaron Rodgers having a new team? I would bet on Russell Wilson being on a different team over Aaron Rodgers for two reasons. One of them being that social media scrub, because that's pretty final. That's not a leverage thing. Really. That's a, like, I know you can go back and change your bio and everything, but like, that's a very fine. That's your, basically your Twitter is your identity for better or worse in these times. Your identity is what your social media bio basically says a lot of the time for athletes. It sure does. So when you scrub it of that, it's it's definitely saying something. And Aaron Rodgers likes to cause turmoil and then land back where he was before. Like he did this right. last offseason. So I think he likes to bluff and he likes to know that he has the upper hand. So I would absolutely say Russell Wilson, if one of them is going to be on a different team, Russell Wilson, 100%. Yeah, see the Russell Wilson thing to me, he's always kind of, well, not always, but like I'd say the last couple of years, I think he's really shown he's a little passive aggressive with this stuff. 
He doesn't outwardly want to just say, hey, I'm unhappy. I want to be gone. He's got incredible ties to that community. I know that firsthand. Mm -hmm. You can see it when he tweets it out. That incredible tie to the Children's Hospital. I think he generally loves being in the Seattle area. I think his situation is more about the organization, Pete Carroll, John Schneider, the future. Can you replace certain guys? Can you bolster the offensive line? Who is your running back? I think there's a lot of question marks. What kind of offense are you really running? Because some people think eh, there's only so much wiggle room with Pete Carroll. I don't know how true some of that stuff is, but I think if you were to examine the situation, that was an unhappy player last year. His agent came out with four destinations he'd rather be potentially if they were to trade him. And then this offseason, he's kind of vague, but he, he seems to indicate he wants to come back. And then, boom, social media is just scrubbed. There's no more mention of the Seahawks' default See, picture. it's such a meaningful move. Like, it really is. And it seems and it so tiny. So, but it's so dumb to me that, like, that's how these guys are communicating. Kyler Murray, I'm unhappy. Well, you didn't say that. I know, but I deleted all the Cardinal mentions. <laughs> Russell Wilson, I don't know if I'm going to be here or not. What do you mean? Boom, Seahawks eliminated. It's just... Right. Change your profile picture. And that's how you, but these athletes are big babies. That's what it is. They are big teenagers. That is but I'm a baby too, Lucy. I used to change my top eight on MySpace. Like I used to be passive aggressive with my social media. I have absolutely posted stuff to my Instagram story that I'm like, if this person sees it, I hope they do like things like that. That's oh, of course. Like you hope somebody that you're like, like a friend you're mad at. You're like, well, this is a message to them, but that's what they do is like, if I take the, like when you break up with somebody and it's like the people who have like their boyfriend's initials in the, the the bio of their Instagram and they break up, they take that out and everyone's like, oh boy. And they get all riled up about it because they see that and nothing else. And when you take that out of your, your public profile as an athlete, if you're like, okay, Arizona Cardinals number this and I love my team and all, and you take all that out, like that's a big sign. And that's where we are today. I know that's, that's different than it used to be when people used to communicate with each other, but that's a big sign, huge sign. I mean, ultimately, you talk about Russell Wilson. We mentioned Aaron Rodgers. You know, you still have Kirk Cousins out there. Deshaun Watson is up in the air. We have no clue what's going on in that situation. I still haven't heard any resolution to the Kyler Murray thing. Maybe there will be, and he'll just get paid, and everybody will be happy come training camp. And he's like, what are you talking about? There was no problem. I just ultimately wonder, are we going to get as much quarterback movement as we maybe thought two weeks ago? See, I always think there's always this big buildup and everyone's moving places and where's who, who's going to go where. And then nothing really happens. Like, I feel like nothing, everything kind of stays steady. So I feel like we're not going to get as much as we're hope or not hoping for, but think could happen. The Deshaun Watson thing's kind of out of the hands of a lot of people. Like who there's really, like, I don't know if anything should happen to, I mean, should happen football wise to him. Cause maybe right. he shouldn't play until everything's settled. You're innocent until proven guilty, but the allegations are pretty intense. So I don't really know about that, but I think uh, there isn't going to be as much shuffling. I think the Buccaneers is a big place that, that is a destination that they definitely need a quarterback for optics reasons and for, on the field reasons for sure. Well, you really like the Tampa Bay situation. And I just, I, well, I view it and I'm like, eh, I don't know about that one anymore. Arians is a red ass. Godwin's going to be out half the year. Gronk's gone now. I think they just had an offensive lineman retire. Retire like, at 28 years old. Yeah. I just, but it's I, so I, warm I, there. It is the dead I, of winter. Yeah. And I, I think warm places. That's where I would want to go if I was a quarterback. I'd rather want to go to the Colts than Tampa Bay. All right, we'll wrap it up with this. Lucy has a bad take on Tom Brady's next career move. And she also says Michael Scott could solve the MLB negotiations. That's next. Back to the Futures in the Pectoral Network. 
Michael Jenkins here. Download the free Odyssey app now to watch and listen to the Daily Tip 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern along with BetQL Daily. You better you bet and bet MGM tonight only on the BetQL Network. The sports betting world never sleeps, so wrap up your day with BetMGM Tonight, featuring Ryan Horvat, Quentin Mayo, and Trista Crick, 7 to 11 Eastern, from the BetQL Network. He's trying to rip off our military. He is. That's hilarious. He's trying What's to rip that off US, our veterans. USA, yeah, nobody You guys offering this deal to the to the non-service members? No, Brock, not why even for you. Why did people think that ad, that commercial, yeah. was they a good idea? They probably paid him so much <laughs> money, care. though. They probably gave Gronk so much money. You want to be a money. scumbag for, for, for an extra million? <laughs> The maybe, yeah, I mean, the maybe USA. he needs it. Yeah. I mean, he was out there week 17 for those seven grabs and that 85 yards busting his They're ass. They're like, you're not, a, you're not a veteran, Gronk. And he's I'm like. I'm special. I'm special. And and I think Why does reason, he talk like that? I like, he's from Jersey Shore or something. Like, you don't have to be a big dummy. No. Well, I mean, <laughs> like you really, well, that's uh, why people love Gronk. He's yeah. leaned into the dummy Leaned into role. being a big dummy. BetMGM tonight, 7 to 11 Eastern, from the BetQL Network, America's home for wagertainment. The best players in the league perform even better with a great assist. And using BetQL to help take your sports betting to the next level, it's an MVP move. BetQL analyzes every bet from every game to find you the most profitable opportunities. Sometimes a spread is off by a few points or a total is way too high or low. BetQL shows you where the real value is so you can make smarter bets and cash in more consistently. All the bets from today's games are clearly listed and ranked on a scale of one to five stars. Those five-star bets give you the best chance to win and have shown real proven results. Get insights on sides, totals, player props, and more combined with articles from BetQL's team of wagering experts. BetQL has you covered for pro and college games, football, basketball, baseball, and even hockey and soccer. It's time to get better at betting with BetQL. Visit BetQL.com and use promo code BET for 20% off. That's 20% off with promo code BET at BetQL.com. A lot can happen in a day. A lot of... A lot of... And a lot of... Make any day a payday with the BetQL Day Pass. Unlock all of BetQL's proven data and analytics, five-star bets, and insider info for just one day so you can make better bets on whatever single day you want. No subscriptions, no strings, and all for less than five bucks. The BetQL Day Pass, exclusively from BetQL. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. We're all on this planet together, so join Odyssey and find your one thing. This month, think of all the ways you can reuse glass jars. In addition to just being recycled, glass jars can also be used as storage containers for food, spices, or other odds and ends. You can also use jars to hold pens and pencils on your desk, brushes and combs in the bathroom, or paintbrushes in the garage. Or you could even turn them into containers for plants and flowers. Join Odyssey, and together, each of us doing one thing makes a greener tomorrow. What's your one thing? Let's get back to more Back to the Futures with Lucy Burge and Brandon Sprague, only on the BetQL Network. All right, we wrap it up here. Back to the Futures on the BetQL Network and the Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcasts as well. Lucy Burge, Brandon Sprague, hanging out with you on another Sunday as we go through all things in sports. We just talked some NFL a lot of Aaron Rodgers and the Pancha Karma cleanse that he went on. Will he have a new team? Will he not? Uh, either way, he'll probably still throw up in the playoffs. 
and then uh, a little on Russell Wilson and uh, just the craziness that may or may not ensue with quarterback movement. We have some quick hitters to go through here. We have a lot to get to. Sure do. I want to start. This is a little old, but I still wanted to get your thoughts. I think I saw the dumbest ejection in college basketball history where UConn's coach Dan Hurley received a technical foul. He's fired up. It was a good game between UConn and Villanova. Came down to the wire and UConn was able to win. But Dan Hurley uh, in the first half, he's going crazy. He gets a technical. And after he gets a T, he starts waving the crowd to get up and get loud. And because he did that, the refs tossed him. And UConn lost their head coach. Now, again, they still won the game and beat Villanova. But it probably, for me, was the dumbest ejection I've ever seen in college basketball. I don't think I've seen a dumber one ever. So I love UConn. I grew up in Connecticut and I, I see things like this and I'm like, this, this hits home. When I said fans that, that love their teams and it's personal, I didn't go to UConn, but this, this is like, this is so stupid. This is the, the dumbest ejection in college basketball. Maybe sports history belongs to the state of Connecticut's coach because this, I saw this. And I'm like, what did he do? Like, it was his second technical. The first one was for slapping the table, which is hysterical. The second one is for, for riling up the crowd. Like, he wasn't yelling anything offensive. He wasn't telling them to shut up. He was trying to get them to, to cheer. And that's what life is about, is cheering and being happy. And he was promoting that. And he gets ejected. And he has to watch his team win from the locker room. Which is so, it's so sad to me. Like, this is so pathetic. Like, it, what a disgrace. Like, right after that, I tweeted sarcastically, he should issue an apology. This is an absolute disgrace. I can't believe this happened. And people are like, kids are watching this. How could you let this happen? Like, no, oh they were getting, like, this is so stupid. This injection, he literally waved his arms for a millisecond to get people yeah. to cheer. And it, it, this that sets a precedent now because then every other coach that does this, okay, get out of here. Are you kidding me? Well, I don't know if it does because we see this in sports. There are some athletes or coaches that get away with more than a lot of others. Draymond of Green course. should be tossing every single LeBron. game. <laughs> LeBron, he gets this. Zach saying, though, that Hurley has a reputation. He treats the officials like crap. I mean, Good, he's he one should. of many coaches. Yeah, Personality. I mean, <laughs> he's one of many coaches, I think, that do that. But I, I just I saw that. I wanted to get your thoughts. Um, I want to run down a lot here. MLB negotiations. You have a really good article up on the BetQL uh, website about what Major League Baseball's player union and the owners could work on and how, dear God, Michael Scott, of all people, if he was real, could solve this <laughs> negotiation problem because right now we are sitting on the cusp of them potentially not having a deal and they think the season will be pushed back and delayed because of the deadline and then spring training. They still have to go through that. So potentially we could see some cuts from games. I don't buy that that's real. I think it's all an, uh, an exaggeration to just have more sympathy for one side or the other. But Lucy, you wrote an article about Michael Scott could fix this. What do you make yes. of it? So there are two episodes of The Office. I mean, he negotiates and, and mediates in every episode, but there are specific ones, one called conflict resolution, another one called the negotiation. And he gives such great advice because he's a genius about how to mediate and negotiate. So you've got your win-win-win situations, your win-lose situations. He mediated one perfectly where Angela hung up a poster of 
babies playing instruments. And Oscar did not want to look at the babies because it is creepy. I will side with Oscar on this. But Michael, win-win-win situation. Michael says, make the poster into a t-shirt that Oscar wears so Angela can see it and Oscar does not have to. And I thought that was brilliant. So if MLB and the the Players Association can find a win-win-win situation that is not, they have to compromise. They have to not, it can't be ideal for everybody. Of course, it's not ideal for Oscar to wear a shirt with a poster of babies playing instruments on it. But one side has to be the poster wearing side here. And so I think if they look at that and they think, do we want, what kind of situation do we want? Win, 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 lose. But he also has a lot of things about negotiation itself. Like if you lean back and whisper and talk quietly, you, you have the upper hand. So he tries to do that and he kind of mumbles and it doesn't work. None of these tactics work for him but they could work for MLB. What they actually do in the end, because then he does get the raise that he wants, but he, he, he said, change the location of the meeting at the last minute, walk out of the room unexpectedly. The mumbling was a big one. So I think if they take these things and say bippity boppity, a lot of terms that, that he was taught to negotiate his salary, I think the, which he found on Wikipedia, by the way. So Rob Manfred, just look it up like this. Both sides, just look up how to negotiate and you will be fine. Well, Lucy, let me ask you this, though. I, I did want to get in on this because negotiation stuff, I know that can some people can roll their eyes at it. Like, oh, you're haggling over millions of dollars. Rough life. You guys it's live. It's still a labor I, dispute, though. Like, but it's, it's still it's labor still... dispute. Yes. And I, I, I've always I'm always going to be one that sides more with players because I think that's sure. as close as people like us are ever going to be in that situation. Yes. But that being said, we're on a deadline. Look, I have I have one of two takes. That's one of them is probably going to be hated by baseball fan. I still maintain if you cut 62 games and you cut your season to 100 games, you are creating more urgency. You are creating every single game is going to matter a little bit more. I don't think that's going to happen. But I also don't buy this like, oh, doom and gloom. We're not going to have a season in the traditional no. sense. I still think they're going to play 162. They're going to add more double headers. And, and Lucy, I just... I don't know. I just kind of roll my eyes at all these new tweets and reports that we're getting from the national people because I don't buy that they're not going to not have a season. I don't buy that they're really going to cut 20, 30, 40 games from the year. So to me, they're haggling in public, but I still think at the end of the day, like baseball knows that they have to have a season. They know they can't afford to not have a season. Just went through the pandemic where they lost a lot of revenue and ticket sales. Like they are going to get this done. John Heyman, I, I believe, who is an yep. Odyssey insider, had a report that he thinks this thing is, is right there on the doorstep of closing. Some people push back on that. But, Lucy, my point is basically I believe what the John Heyman report is the entire time, no matter what anybody has said. Right. And that report this morning came not like like eight hours after the other one that said that players didn't think today went well. They made no progress. So we keep seeing these tweets. And I think that's part of the negotiation tactics that Michael Scott also understands is that what you do (laughs) is you create like there's tension, like you create enough tension so that the other side kind of freaks out. And so you get these reports and players see every report that comes out, like um, owners see the reports that come out. So they're thinking, okay, well, if there's no, I think in the end, owners will see this and say, okay, well, if there's no 162 game season, we're going to lose a lot of money. Like they, when it comes down to it, they don't want to lose any money. The players, of course, don't want to lose any money. So it's got to yeah. be a got to be a win-win or win-win-win situation where nobody loses any money. Everybody kind of gets what they want, and and I think the owners are the ones that are going to have to compromise a little bit here, and they will because they will lose more money in the long run. 
Well, and the players always end up compromising as well. Uh, we're getting down to the wire here. We got some quick hitters to go through. Harden has made his debut for the Sixers. Uh, Lucy, right now the odds are Warriors, the favorite at plus 420. Suns at plus 410. Uh, or, uh, yeah, excuse me, Suns are actually the favorite. Nets plus 600. Bucks plus 650. Sixers with Harden are plus 750. Heat plus 1,000. Jazz plus 1,600. Celtics plus 1,900. Uh, Harden, is it's, it's looked good so far for the Sixers. Um, they win today. Maxi's played really well as of late. Where would you where would you put him now that you've kind of seen a little glimpse of this? Maybe you need to see him play some tougher teams. But where would you put the Sixers in terms of the betting futures uh, for the NBA championship? Well, I would say, I mean, their odds are definitely going to get shorter. I mean, if you look, at, it's safe to say Harden is gelling very well with this team. The numbers he has put up the past two games, fantastic, very encouraging. So I would put them second or third. I mean, they, their odds are, they're going to get shorter, 1,000%. I mean, this is yeah. encouraging, very, very encouraging. Yeah, no, I, I still, I'm going to maintain this. The Sixers have looked good. I'm not shocked that Harden and Embiid have played well together. Embiid embracing him like a new girlfriend, um, saying, I'm so happy. I can't believe I have this. I still Gratitude post? <laughs> another gratitude, gratitude. post. <laughs> Look, the Suns to me are... Man, they're going to be hard to stop. I know Paul's out with the injury, but when he comes back, that's going to be tough. We know the Warriors are good. The Bucks may be lying there in the weeds as a defending champion. I still really yeah. like the Heat at plus 1,000. I think there's okay. really good value. The Miami Heat, when healthy, are a are very, very sneaky good pick for me. I still like the value in that pick. And uh, we've we got a couple minutes left. Can you please tell the world why you're <laughs> wrong? Tom Brady's second career move is going to be in a movie – centered around some older actresses, Jane Fonda, Sally Fields, leading the bunch here of diehard Tom Brady fans who drive to see the Super Bowl from 2017. Um, 80 for Brady, I think, is the name of this movie. Great name. This is a fantastic move, and you're against it. Okay, so yeah, we disagree on this because this it sounds like they created the title of the movie and then worked backwards on this because it is a, it is inspired by true <laughs> events, but it yes. is such a weird move. It is a very weird first career move because Brady used spending more time with his family as one of the biggest reasons for his retiring. Not even that he didn't say anything bad about the Bucks. He didn't say anything anything about Arians, but spending time with his family. So is this movie going to be filmed in his house? Like, is he going to be spending... He is producing this movie and starring in it playing himself. Oh, so, producing. He's producing. He's Sure, yes, I know. Producer title is like key grip yes. title, like a vanity <laughs> right, title here. Right, but right. I, I would absolutely... Like, this is... This definitely, to me, says... Arians and the Bucks were the problem. He was not having fun. If a, if the 49ers came to him and in the future and said, play for us, he will do it because he would rather play for the 49ers than do 80 for Brady. I'm telling you that this movie is going, I see this movie would be great if he played Belichick in the, because somebody has got to play Belichick in this movie because it's about them in the Super Bowl, and he's got to wear a Patriots uniform. If he played well, Belichick, that would make my life. I, I don't if, know if he did a plays- Belichick impression. It'd be incredible. That- that would be great. I could see them getting around Bill, and I'd be funny if they didn't get mm, permission from the NFL and the Patriots, and it's like some rando team that makes no sense, but it's Brady <laughs> pretending. I say good good career move, and I'll, I'll bet you this. I will bet you the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, the over-under of this is going to be 44%, and I will take oh. the over. Okay, I'm going to go with the under. Okay, you're going to take the Here under. Here we go. 
that is going to do it for us because this show always flies by as it does every single week. We didn't even get to your favorite college basketball player names. Let's hold that for a week from today. Oh, that is evergreen. Well, we're getting to conference tournament time. It's an exciting time. Brackets are going to be created. People are going to start filling them out. Uh, If you missed any of the show, you can check it out on the Odyssey app, the BetQL network, wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Back to the Futures here. Lucy Burge. I'm Brandon Sprague. Talk to you next week. Thank you.